talking today with Jonathan of Bitwage. Do you want to introduce yourself? Hey, yeah, I'm uh, Jonathan Chester, CEO and co-founder of Bitwage. Uh, Bitwage is the leading provider of Bitcoin payroll invoicing and benefit services. We've done over $120 million in, in payrolls with over 50,000 registered users and 2,000 registered companies. Uh, we've been in the space since 2014. I myself have been here since 2013 and was the first contributor for Bitcoin and blockchain in the entrepreneurship section of Forbes. Um, so, yeah. That's awesome. Wow. Really early adopter then. Yeah. Um, was your, is your story, that sounds like you would be pretty partial to Bitcoin. Have you been like Bitcoin only or is there any kind of journey there? Or? Sure. So, you know, of course, when, when I first got into the space, Bitcoin was absolutely the only thing that mattered, right? I mean, everything else was just a, a copy of, of Bitcoin. You know, no one actually came into the space, the industry at all, unless it was Bitcoin. And then, you know, people would, would siphon off to these other things, right? Um, and uh, so Bitcoin is, is dear to my heart. I, I don't call myself a maximalist, but I, you know, keep an open mind as to like, maybe something else could be valuable, but nothing is obviously valuable like Bitcoin is, right? Mm. That's my, that's how I, how I look at these things, right? Um, if you are betting on these other coins, you know, typically the best reason to do it is to acquire more Bitcoin because I don't see why you would sell Bitcoin uh, for anything other than maybe, you know, buying some real estate or, you know, actually purchasing something, right? Um, because who wants the dollar at the end of the day? Um, it, it just doesn't make sense in my mind. Um, but yeah, so, so 2013 is when I got into it. Started Bitwage in 2014 with my co-founder. We were looking at the ecosystem and we're seeing that, you know, there were exchanges, there were wallets, uh, there were merchant processors. And we actually looked at the financial loop, you know, someone comes in, they buy Bitcoin, they then, you know, spend that Bitcoin with the merchant. There wasn't really a service to help that merchant then pay out Bitcoin to their employees. Mm -hmm. So there wasn't a good uh, system in place for, for Bitcoin to be within its own ecosystem. And we wanted to solve that. We wanted to close the financial loop. So we came out to offer, you know, the, the, uh, what I like to think was the premier Bitcoin payroll solution on the market. And uh, of course, 2014 was way too early for this. Um, yeah. was, <laughs> companies were not ready to adopt this. And, but we knew from Reddit, because Reddit was kind of the central source of information on, on Bitcoin at the time, uh, that people wanted to get paid in it. So we actually launched the first direct deposit uh, feature on the market. You know, the, these, these features have become much more popular with Coinbase and Strike offering these now, but we launched this back in 2000 and, and uh, maybe it was 2015 uh, when that launched. And that uh, was quite popular. A lot of people were getting paid. Um, what we also ended up seeing was a lot of people getting paid internationally. So we ended up uh, building out corridors where we use Bitcoin as the intermediary uh, to move money from the you know, US to you know, some country in Latin America or the Philippines um, so that people could get access to faster transactions and better rates. Um, and that was leading our business up until 2020 when 
you know, COVID happened and it caused both the cryptocurrency market and the remote work market to explode. And that's what uh, really propelled this, this idea of Bitcoin payroll into the mainstream. So what we're seeing today is now people all over the world in the US and globally are, are asking to get their, their salaries in Bitcoin. Uh, people within HR are now looking at these new innovative benefits because A, it's, it's actually quite hard to hire in the United States right now. And B, because of remote work, a lot of the traditional benefits of the office place don't, don't matter anymore. Um, and so they look at Bitcoin payroll as a way to uh, offer remote benefits. Um, and so now we've seen a huge growth uh, in the United States, and I'm expecting some really, really big news for, for Bitcoin payroll into next year. Yeah, this this is super exciting. I like I like that you were early and almost almost too too early to this idea. I mean, <laughs> that, that that shows a lot of vision. That's awesome. Um, so, how does this work? Like, say I'm I'm new to Bitcoin. I want to get paid in Bitcoin. I come to you. How does this work? How does the money turn into Bitcoin and come to me? Yeah. So there's there's two ways to do it. Um, we have a B2B product, which is where a company offers the benefit, and a B2C product, where the employee uh, does it themselves. So I'll, I'll explain the B2C because that one's quite popular now, um, where essentially what happens is you sign up. Once you get approved, you get access to a direct deposit account. And you can go, you can give that to your payer provider. You can put that on an invoice. We actually have an invoice uh, creation system. So you can, you can create invoices and send it to your clients. Uh, they then pay into that bank account. Um, if it's with your payroll provider, you can actually split the bank account. So you could do like 80% into your checking, 20% into your BitWage account. That 20% then hits the BitWage account and then gets converted into Bitcoin based on your allocation preferences. So let's say this week you wanted it all Bitcoin. Next week, you actually only want a 10% Bitcoin, you can easily just change that on the system. And then it deposits into your own personal wallet. Um, this is the big differ difference between us and, and other systems out there is that we're not a wallet. So if you want a direct deposit into your, 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 your hardware wallet, into your brain wallet, into your mobile wallet, or into any exchange, you can do that through us. You can also have splits. So you have you know half of it go into your trading account and half of it go into your cold storage account. Uh, cold storage account. But um, essentially, at the end of the day, you sign up, you, you select your direct deposit account, you tell us your wallet, and then you get paid. That's how that works. On the employer side, um, it's a little bit different in that the employer signs up, they invite their workers, and then the workers uh, tell on our system how much they want to get paid into Bitwage, and then they choose the allocation there. Um, and the big difference in this mechanism is in one in the B2C model, you are connecting a direct deposit account to the payroll system. In the B2B model, you're actually creating a deduction on the payroll system. So what a deduction is, is essentially, it's like when you get put money into a 401k, or into a healthcare account or into some other kind of after-tax benefit. Um, and 
it ends up being uh, reported uh, on the employer side. So the employer gets all this analytics on you know, how people are choosing to use the benefits. And um, it ends up being uh, approximately just as easy for the worker, but for the company, it becomes easier because on the company side, in, in the B2C model, they need to have like an HR or finance person often coming in, managing these changing direct deposits. Whereas we're able to automate that process so that you don't have any overhead from the HR or finance team to do this. Um, and another, in addition to that, you know, I think that it's, it's actually better for the employer to do this because the employer uh, then works with us to educate the employees on getting a portion of their salary in Bitcoin. On the B2C model, it's only the people who know that they wanna get paid in Bitcoin that get exposed to that. But in the B2B model, the employer uh, offers it, which means that employees that maybe had never thought of it before get introduced to it. And then maybe they you know, experiment by getting you know, $10 uh, a paycheck into Bitcoin. Interesting. So I guess the model, the fact that you're not you're not a hot wallet um, is interesting. Do you have to do a lot of education in the space, or do you find that it's normally Bitcoiners that come to you? Yeah. So today it's mostly Bitcoiners, but mm -hmm. um, and uh, one of the education efforts that we're going through is we're we're actually adding recommended wallets to our platform. So um, you know you'll get you'll basically get like custodial rec recommended wallets, non-custodial, uh, multi-signature hardware wallets. And so we'll, we'll have an option of wallets and that'll help educate people who, who've never had, who've never had a wallet before. Cause we want to make it super easy for those people to, to get in and, and make these decisions themselves while also, you know, being part of the original ethos of, of Bitcoin, which is allowing people to get paid into their own bank, right? Not just, not just, you know, some uh, custodian that is being the bank of their funds, but allowing people to be their own bank. And I, I think this is extremely important because of the new regulation that's coming out. Uh, I think that over time, it's just going to become harder and harder for you to move your money out of these custodial accounts, right? It, you know, there, there are these laws that, that are going to make it almost illegal for you to remove over $10,000 from an account without you yourself reporting the person who sent it to you, right? Um, so if you're getting paid into your non-custodial account, you never have this, you never have this issue. Um, and I think that, that this is important because as regulations become, you know, more and more stringent, you're going to see the value of being your own bank more and more in the future. Yeah. I'm, I'm interested in that, um, solution where you're sending Bitcoin to multiple wallets. Uh, does someone just provide you like a hundred addresses or, or how does, how does this work? <laughs> So there's two ways to do it. One is you could like each paycheck have like a split between two different wallets, mm -hmm. or you could upload a list of wallets. Um, so in the second version, the second version is more of a privacy feature where you're like, I want a different wallet each, each pay period. Um, and then you give us like up to a list of a hundred and it just pays out uh, and, and it switches after each one. Mm -hmm. um, oh, another cool thing that I missed on the, on the, uh, on the, uh, employer side is that the, that that next year we're going to also launch the uh, ability to do matching so you can do something like if you get up to fifty dollars of your paycheck in in bitcoin we'll, we'll match an additional fifty dollars 
uh, as a benefit, if that makes if that makes sense. Um, how, do, so like, how does how does that work? So think about it in the context of a four hundred one k, right? In a four hundred one k, there'll be a match where they'll match like one up to one percent or two percent or three yeah. percent of whatever you put into there of your total salary. So it's it's taking that that same concept but just porting it into into Bitcoin salary. So if the company you know wants to to add the benefit of pay. You know, if you want to get a portion of your salary in Bitcoin, we'll 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 match uh fifty dollars if you get at least fifty dollars into your paycheck. Um, wow. Yeah, and that's that that's another big benefit on the B two B side. But just to be clear, that's a company working that out with the employee. That's not you matching. Well, okay. yeah, of course. I mean, we can't. <laughs> we're not able to do that. But <laughs> um, but uh, but com- but companies can uh, you know offer that as yeah. a benefit. You know, to try to attract employees. Right. Um, I think that's important. That is, that's pretty cool. Um, so I guess backing up a little bit, um, do you want to talk more about the new competition in this space? I think all the listeners very familiar with Bitwage, very familiar with strike. What are some of like the key differences and why, and how does someone make the decision of, of, of which, you know, platform to use? Yeah, I mean, I think that if you're already using Strike, you would just use Strike, right? Um, if you have a preferred wallet already, um, that you know, like if you if you want all your money into your your hardware wallet, you would use Bitwage, right? Because we're doing the direct deposit into literally any wallet that you have, whereas Strike is just that. Your know, Strike has limits. I think you can only do like a thousand dollars per week. Uh, uh, on their first level of deposits and withdrawals. And then on their second level, you can only do, I think, $10,000 mm. um, limit withdraw. So, you know, there's mm. those limits. Those limits don't really uh, apply on Bitwage. Um, just just then, to be clear, I think, I think on Strike, actually, if you get them, if you get your deposit paid out, those, those, uh, those limits don't exist. But yeah, if you're de- just depositing cash, there's, there's definitely some hard limits. Yeah, okay. Well, yeah. Then, then I, I was not not aware of that. I was just looking at going off of their website. Um, what are what are what are some other differences between Strike and and Bitwage? So um, there's no third party with you. There's you're kind of um, it's almost more private. Like, is there? How does the IRS get involved when you're paying out directly to someone's hard wallet? Did they just on the employer side, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so the IRS doesn't doesn't get involved, um, and because you're not having like a, a a huge amount of assets, you know, getting paid mm-hmm. at once, um, there's not like a, a reporting requirement, right? We don't have a custodial type of reporting requirement. Of mm-hmm. course, there there are there are requirements to report to the IRS based on certain kind certain numbers of transactions. Like for instance, I think it's like uh, if you do 200 transactions in the year. And over uh, $20,000 of transactions, that has to be reported. But if you're just getting paid your paycheck, um, you don't hit that $200 uh, minimum you know, requirement. So, so, so the actuality is that we don't, we don't end up having to do these, this kind of reporting. But there are mm-hmm. you know, technical circ- circumstances, like if you were getting paid every single day through us, that that would eventually probably trigger some kind of reporting that we would have to do. Um, but yes, it's more private. Um, it's more direct. Uh, these are, these are, these are the things that, that we think about. 
so I have a lot of uh, like some friends in Brazil who are very excited mm -hmm. about your product. Uh, where else in the world is it available? It's available everywhere, actually. That's another That's difference. Amazing. Um, so, so Strike's only available in the U.S. and El Salvador, even though they claim to be available everywhere. We're, we're available everywhere today. Um, so as long as you're getting paid um, in the U.S., like from a U.S. and EU or U.K. company, you can actually get paid from a Brazilian company and a Philippine company as well. Um, mm -hmm. We can pay out to anywhere. So if you're an Indian freelancer freelancing to the U.K. or Nigerian uh, uh, you know, employee who's getting paid from a U.S. company, uh, some people in Brazil who are exporting their services to the U.S., like all these people can get paid uh, through our service. Yeah, if you're, as long as it's, like you could, you could pay people on the International Space Station, right? It's a Bitcoin transaction. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's cool. That's really yeah. cool. Yeah, again, it's, it's, it's part of the reason for this is because we are not creating a custodial account mm -hmm. for, for these people. And as a result, we're able to work with with people globally because we're just depositing to their accounts where they are. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that that's that's also what's going to be important on the employer and the and the you know payroll system side, which is they need the ability to pay to any and every wallet that exists. Uh, I think that every bank, every fintech company, every phone is going to have their own wallet, right? Uh, it's just going to happen. And people are going to have their preferred wallets and they're going to need a system that direct deposits into that wall. And that's what mm. we're providing. So you're, you're building this company, you know, you're coming on a decade here, right? Uh, how, uh, how did you make the decision not to build a wallet or like, what, how did you come to that? Mm. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I just thought, um, at the time that wallets, I mean, there are already so many wallets out there that we didn't need another wallet. What we needed was, you know, uh, uh, essentially a new cash in mechanism, uh, a new mechanism to, you know, support the employer infrastructure side of this, right? Um, and it also goes back to the ethos of Bitcoin, right? I wanted to have a solution that works with people who want to be their own bank. And a lot of people around the world need that ability to be their own bank. Maybe in the United States, it's just you know a, a nice privacy feature today. Um, but there are places in the yeah. world where governments are more corrupt, um, and that you you know you can't trust the banks. Um, and it's in those scenarios that people want to get paid into into their own you know their own uh, wallets, their own non custodial. Mm -hmm. um, that being, that being said, um, I think that there, uh, there might be some benefit of having a solution that um, doesn't do on-chain transactions for like below $5, right? If someone wanted to get, so we have a $10 minimum, uh, right? And that's partially because of, of on-chain fees to get the money to people. We don't charge anyone on-chain fees. There's no on-chain costs. Uh, we, we eat that. Um, wow. And, uh, and so, uh, the, the, we, we, we have to have those minimums though. Um, yeah. one thing that I'd like to do is to, to, to make it, uh, to, to remove the, the minimums. But if you were to do like below this amount, like below, you know, $10, it would be like an on-chain, uh, an off-chain transaction. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, or yeah, or, or a secondary layer. Yeah.
Yeah, it would have to be. There, well, there's solutions for that. That's good. Um. Yo, what is going on, plebs? We're going to take a break from our programming to tell you about the resurrection of our print magazine, starting with the El Salvador issue. Starting this fall, Bitcoin Magazine will be available on newsstands nationwide and at retail stores such as Barnes & Noble. Don't want to get off your couch, though? No problem. You can also go to store.bitcoinmagazine.com. So skip the line and get each issue shipped directly to your front door with our annual subscription. I'm talking four issues a year that contain exclusive interviews and profiles with leading Bitcoiners, actionable insights on the state of the market, breaking news and cultural trends, along with powerful photos and artwork from the best artists in the world. Subscribe today and get 21% off using code podcast at checkout. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T, podcast at checkout. The world of crypto can seem like the Wild West sometimes. Soaring highs, crashing lows, celebrity shills, and new coins popping up seemingly out of nowhere every day. Look, we get it because we've been there before. At Bitcoin Magazine, we aim to filter out the noise and help newcomers concentrate on the signal. That's why we focus on Bitcoin only. Learning about Bitcoin may seem intimidating at first, but we've worked hard to break things down in a simple and digestible format that anyone can understand. Bitcoin Magazine has launched a free 21-day email course that teaches you about the fundamentals of Bitcoin. You'll receive one new lesson each day that covers a brand new topic as we guide you down the Bitcoin rabbit hole with quick and easy 3-5 to five minute reads. Not only do you get the free course, but everyone who completes the quiz at the end will earn some free Bitcoin. Start learning and earning Bitcoin today. Visit b.tc forward slash 21 days to enroll. So what's the business model then? What, how does commission work in if you don't have any uh, Bitcoin fees? You know, how do you, how do you grow? Is it the setup with the employer that costs or? Yeah. So, so we're making, we're making uh, a money on the, the spread between what we're able to buy and what we, what we pay out, which is about 1%. Um, mm -hmm. That's, that's pretty much, that's pretty much the business model that we have today. Nice. Um, so what would be, what's your like biggest hope going forward? You know, like, where do you see BitWage five years from now? Yeah, I, I, if you if you take a look at just like the the payroll markets uh, in 2020, personal income in the U.S. alone was 19 trillion dollars, um, and you know it was growing by like a trillion dollars for the past few years. So in less than five years, you know there's going to be well over 20 trillion dollars in personal income in the United States. I think that it's going to be a no-brainer for the average person to get five percent of their salary in Bitcoin at least at that time. So we're talking over a trillion dollars a year being processed into Bitcoin payroll. And uh, my vision is that Bitwage is, is processing, you know, the lion's shares, the leading provider of Bitcoin payroll services um, and, and paving the path because that market needs to be grown. And we want to be part of that movement to, 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 to expose everyone to that. Um, so that's, that's, that's my vision. Are you guys ever responsible for, well, I mean, you must be the first Bitcoin solution some companies have. So are there any interesting companies that offer payment in Bitcoin that you wouldn't suspect that you can talk about? Or, um, So 
I, I can tell you this, uh, only about 12% of the companies that use us are in the Bitcoin cryptocurrency blockchain sphere. Oh, wow. Um, but uh, the biggest bulk of companies that use us are services companies. And when I say services, I'm talking about like human professional services, right? Marketers, developers, mm -hmm. accountants, law firms, VCs, these kinds of organizations um, hmm. are, are actually the bread and butter of what does this. And I think that, that part of the reason for that is because of how integral um, people are in, in those particular in those particular kinds of organizations um, because people are the product in those organizations. And so they are seeing the benefit of offering Bitcoin payroll uh, earlier than other organizations, other kinds of, of, of organizations. So do they seek you out? Uh, do you have to go and present to them? Has it been a combination of the two? Yeah, I mean, right now it's really just been uh, a lot of uh people coming to us you know they find us uh from a press release or through googling or, or any of these kinds of things so it's really a big it's an inbound inbound management approach today interesting how many how many employees do you have at, at bitwitch yeah so we we just finished raising a two and a half million dollar uh funding round we mm -hmm. actually overextended it by 25 percent and it closed well, we hit our, our funding objectives within 55 hours of going live on this investment platform <laughs> called Bank to the Future. Um, That's so, awesome. Yeah, really great stuff. Um, and we, so now we're expanding our team. Uh, from, we, we were 10 people before, now we're about 25. And did this happen like last week? I'm pretty sure I read about I read this press release. <laughs> yeah. Is this pretty recently? Happened in October. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Nice. Um. So what is your hope? I mean, you said you didn't call yourself a Bitcoin maximalist, which is understandable, but um, I'm kind of interested. Do you see like a competing marketplace of Bitcoin and, and crypto or do you see them as completely separate asset classes and you're you're only interested in one of the other? How does that look to you? Yeah, so so I, to I, I see them as completely different asset classes. I think that... Okay. Bitcoin market cap does a complete disservice to us by having Bitcoin at the top of like a bunch of cryptocurrencies, right? Um, because really Bitcoin is trying to be money, right? And you have Ethereum here. Ethereum is trying to replace AWS. Ethereum is AWS. Bitcoin is money. Why do you benchmark AWS against the dollar? It doesn't make sense, right? Mm -hmm. Dollar market cap is this. AWS market cap is that. When is AWS going to, you know, move past the dollar market cap? This is the conversation that people are having today and it makes absolutely no sense. And I think that a big part of that is how, you know, people look at these, these services like coin market cap, when really, you know, you've got money, which is Bitcoin versus dollar pound, maybe, uh, you know, gold treasury bonds. Then you have the AWS competitors. So you got like Ethereum, BSC, uh, Cardano, whatever. Then you have, you know, all the stocks that are, you know, skipping that, that are able to, 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 to skirt SEC uh, regulations. Um, and then you have the memes, right? And then, and then stable coins. Um, mm -hmm. I, you know, I, I wholeheartedly believe in, in Bitcoin. I, I, I see how censorship resistance truly, you know, adds value in the circumstance of money. 
I'm willing to believe that there could be other applications of censorship resistance outside of money. Um, but I haven't been overly impressed by, by what else is, by what else is out there. But at the end of the day, you know, I, I, I think like, what is the main innovation that, that, that Bitcoin brought to this world? And it's, it's, you know, digitally enforced, uh, censorship resistance. Um, and, uh, I, I believe that it's possible to, you know, uh, move that benefit into other places. But the thing is, you know, you take Ethereum and people talk about how it's, you know, revolutionary because you're removing intermediaries. But if you look at the example of Uber, right? If you were to put Uber on Ethereum, that would be an incredibly inefficient platform because, um, you know, like in, in, in Poland, it can cost $3 to take an Uber ride. So if you're paying $3 to take an Uber ride and then you're paying $30 to the Ethereum blockchain, that is much less efficient than working directly with Uber, which, you know, you're paying, I don't know, 50 cents instead of $30, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Ethereum and, and all, those, all those sort of AWS competitors are, are, are promoting themselves in a way that makes them say Uber would be more efficient on their system. Right. And this is, you know, the, 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 the classic misunderstanding of, of everything that's happening over there yeah. and why it's totally overvalued. Maybe decentralized exchanges have value, right. If they were to trade things that themselves also had value, but, yeah. um, uh, but uh, you know, it's just, there, uh, I think that there's a lot to be seen. My entire belief of what's going to happen over there is because that fundamental misunderstanding is so popular that it's going to create this huge, massive bubble that's going to affect a lot of people's lives on it. When, when, when it turns out that this assumption of how the technology works is completely wrong. And maybe that perhaps that what they're doing is criminal. I mean, I mean, not to put words in your mouth, but uh, AWS is an interesting comparison for them because they're, they're riding in on the coattails of Bitcoin as if they had a chance um, to offer like property rights to people, like ungovernable, unconfiscatable property rights. And that's just not the case. This th- That's how I kind of differentiate the asset classes, right? And so what you're left with is basically unregulated issuers of, of fiat at at the end of the day, right? I, I, I don't know how else to put it really. <laughs> well, you know, the thing, at least when I think about uh, uh, Ethereum specifically is that um, if you look at Bitcoin, it makes sense that they have a limited supply. But if you look at mm-hmm. Ethereum, it actually makes sense to have an unlimited supply because, you know, it. if you look at what they're trying to do, they're trying to just be a decentralized AWS and, and you need an infinite amount of, you know, ability to do transactions for that to be valuable. If, mm-hmm. you know, you had a limited supply, um, eventually you're going to just not, you know, you, you're not going to be able to be the world's, you know, supercomputer, um, yeah. right? Uh, so, so they're going to have an infinite supply. It's just what's mm-hmm. going to ma- make sense. And because uh, that's what makes sense for their vision. So then comparing Ethereum to Bitcoin you know, continually doesn't make sense because, mm-hmm. because Bitcoin is designed in a way 
where you need to have a limited supply. And Ethereum is designed in a way where you need to have an unlimited supply. Um, uh, so that's, you know, that, that's how I see these things. And of course, you know, you can, you can issue, you can issue tokens, you know, unregistered, uh, securities on them. You can, you can issue, you know, um, you know, tokens backed by, by currencies on them. You can, you can issue all sorts of stuff on this system. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, does censorship resistance really apply or matter to a lot of these things? Um, I do have a somewhat positive view on stable coins, actually. And, okay. and the idea there is that uh, there, 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 are two main, there are two main barriers to entry for Bitcoin, volatility and private public key cryptography, right? Um, so, you know, a lot of organizations are, are trying to, to solve um, the issue of the private public key cryptography. So you have these custodial wallets so you can get exposure to Bitcoin. But, I th but the, the problem is that going from that to public private key cryptography is extremely hard. But if you have stable coins, people are learning about public private key cryptography and are using it. Um, and so when people learn about that stuff, um, then uh, it's actually gonna be a very easy switch to Bitcoin because there's just gonna be a point at some point in the future where it's just gonna be obvious to choose Bitcoin over dollar. And if you already know public private key cryptography at that point, it's like, boom. You know, it just you're just pressing a button on a screen um, as opposed to you have your Bitcoin. Now, tyrannical governments are everywhere. Well, how are you going to get your money uh, if it's all on custodial? You, you're not going to be able to. It's going to get mm -hmm. stuck. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's that's kind of like if I understood it right, that's similar to my argument for why um, futures ETFs are actually good for Bitcoin even though they really have nothing to do with, with Bitcoin, right? Uh, it's good for adoption. It's an opportunity for education. And it's a way for people, at least temporarily, to experience a little bit of the, the upside volatility and to enjoy some returns that might make them interested in continuing their education in the Bitcoin space. So what... Uh, what else do you see that's happening right now? Like what excites you about Bitcoin? We've been, you know, sideways action, you know, we're like two weeks back for one week uh, since the last all time high and people seem to be bored already. So what, what, what's exciting you? Well, you know, I, I, I have this belief that when there, as long as there's volatility in Bitcoin that we're still, we're still very early, that the end game is this like really boring, stable asset, right? Where, you know, today, you know, price swings of 10% are, uh, you know, can, can happen. Um, but in, in the future, it's just going to be this sort of, you know, slow, boring monolith that all, all it's really doing is it's absorbing value that's created and it's, mm -hmm. it's you know, countering inflation. And that's going to be, you know, a much slow burn, a slower moving thing. Um, and, you know, what I, what I like about that 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 future is when you when you when we get to that point uh your decisions on how you use your money are going to be different today if you don't want to lose money you have to take a risk with your money you have to risk it by investing in something right mm -hmm. but 
uh, or you you lose money due to inflation. But in that in that world, in that world, uh, when Bitcoin is sort of this, you know, really really boring, slow moving thing with with you know some positive CAGR, um, that will be your low risk bet. It'll be like putting your money in cash, but your cash is making money for you. And so people are going to be, you know, able to not have to take risks, right, in order to get to that value, um, which I think is important because in the stock market, there are winners, but there are losers, right? Um, but at that point, you're just gaining, you know, the value uh, uh, of what's being contributed to society. Yeah, it's kind of like everything they promised us savings accounts would be paired with like if that savings account was a sovereign wealth fund for 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 anyone. <laughs> it's like your own offshore bank account. <laughs> yep. Yep, exactly. Exactly. Um I mean that's that's what really excites me. I mean obviously there's all the classic stuff like lightning and taproot and uh and um uh liquid right and sort of these secondary layers um mm -hmm. you know we have mastercard and visa as like the centralized secondary layers that are coming in to play as well um, yeah I, I i i believe that we're going to live in a world where we have competing centralized and decentralized secondary layers like we have custodial non-custodial wallets on the on the base layer that people need mm -hmm. to use so um the centralized ones are going to be like Venmo, Visa, MasterCard, all, you know, backed by Bitcoin, allowing you to do transactions around the world. And decentralized are going to be like, you know, Lightning and Liquid um, for those that, you know, need or want their privacy uh, and, and the control over their money. Yo, my fellow Bitcoin lovers, have I got something specifically curated for you. The Deep Dive is Bitcoin Magazine's premium markets intelligence newsletter. This isn't some pay group selling buy and sell signals. No, this is a premium Bitcoin analysis led by Dylan LeClaire and his team of analysts. They break down in an easily digestible way what is happening on chain in the derivatives markets and in the greater macro backdrop context for Bitcoin. This newsletter turns volatility into a joke. So hit up members.bitcoinmagazine.com and use promo code podcast for 30% off the deep dive. That's members.bitcoinmagazine.com promo code podcast for 30% off. Divorce your pay group and learn why Bitcoin is the ultimate asset by Dylan and his team. My fellow plebs, the Bitcoin conference is back. Bitcoin 2022, April 6th through the 9th is the ultimate pilgrimage for the Bitcoin ecosystem. The Bitcoin conference is the biggest event in all of Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies. We're leveling up and making this bigger and better than ever. I'm talking straight to the moon with the four day long festival in the heart of Miami at the Miami Beach Convention Center. This has something for everyone. Whether you're a high-powered Bitcoin entrepreneur, a core developer, or a Bitcoin newbie, Bitcoin 2022 is the ultimate place for you to be with your people and celebrate and learn about the Bitcoin culture. So make sure to go to b.tc forward slash conference to lock in your official tickets and use promo code Satoshi for 10% off. You want more off? Pay in Bitcoin and you'll receive $100 off general admission and $1,000 off whale pass. Those are stackable. So go to b.tc forward slash conference and attend the best conference in Bitcoin history. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of great things happening in Bitcoin right now. 
do you have do you have any advice for someone just coming to bitcoin or alternatively getting they're new to bitcoin but they're interested in getting paid in bitcoin because they recognize the value proposition i mean if they're looking to get paid in bitcoin i recommend them signing up to bitwage <laughs> but yeah. um you know and you know also looking into into some cool wallets to use i uh, i think that using like a really sweet easy to use mobile wallet non-custodial is a great way or multi-signature you know something like casa or or uh brd or zengo or any of these kinds of these kinds of wallets um as a, a way that makes it super easy you know if you lose your phone or forget your password they have ways to help you help you get your your money back. So I think that that's, that's, um, a good place, good place to start. Um, I, I think that, you know, a, a more important thing to talk about is just someone who's trying to get their feet wet in, in crypto in general, too many people come to me and are like, I just bought like, you know, some, some shit coin, you know, and I'm like, do you have any Bitcoin? And they're like, oh, no, no, no. Like, I'm looking for the next Bitcoin. I'm like, no, what you don't understand is that Bitcoin is the least risky way for you to get multiples on your money, right? So uh, you, should be, you should be at least allocating some portion of your, of your portfolio in crypto to Bitcoin mm -hmm. um, and making sure that, that people who are getting in for what I believe is the wrong reason um, are, are still led on the path to Bitcoin so that they can, you know, experience it, understand it, and, you know, uh, have an opportunity to then want to educate themselves. Yeah, that's, that's a really good point. I think just anecdotally, I got lucky, like surrounded by the right people. So my shit quantity path was curtailed to like three or four months. And before I recognized like, Bitcoin's it for me. I don't, you know, I'm simple. I don't need all these complicated, like <laughs> other securities or fancy, you know, trading methods, options, none of that. But that's not the case for everyone. Um, so if you allocate just a small percentage of your portfolio to Bitcoin, I think we're early enough that you'll find that that small, you know, five, 10% will become 80, 90% within a matter of years. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I agree. Right. I mean, you know, on the, on the low side, we have Bitcoin as just like uh, a competitor to gold, right? This is like the low side, you know, Bitcoin hitting like 250 K coin and it's now, now worth half of gold. Right. But, you know, you could also believe that it's going to completely obliterate gold, obliterate the dollar and become the, the main world reserve currency. And at that point, you know, we're talking, you know, million dollars a coin. So where are we today? We're at like 60K, a little under 60K. It, it's, it's still huge, huge gains. And, um, but at the end of the day, you know, I don't, I don't like to focus too much on the gains um, because sure, if you, if you do it now that you're, you're going to get a piece of that. But the reality is that it's not just important now. It's important when we're there. When, when, when we're already at the, the, the 250K or a million dollars a coin, right? Because Bitcoin will still have value as an anti-inflationary asset, 
Um, and uh, I think a lot of people are not, uh, you know, don't, uh, don't truly understand that. And I think it's an important thing for people to understand an important piece of the education. Yeah, absolutely. Um, do you have any uh, closing remarks for on behalf of uh, BitWage or uh, Bitcoin in general? <laughs> um, let's see. I guess closing remarks on BitWage. Uh, if you want to check us out, it's www.bitwage.com. We host the Twitter spaces one to three times a week. Um, so I, I'm sometimes on there. My head of marketing is on there. And you can just, we just chat. Sometimes we had like the CEO of um, uh, Wasabi Wallet uh, come on um for those privacy for those privacy folks so sometimes we have really cool guest speakers so check us out for sure yeah. 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 Yeah.